So those three leadership lessons, decisions at the point of most knowledge, look for the eyes and build a culture of responsibility through trusted data. Hi, and welcome to Helping You Perform. I'm your host, Paul Teasdale. Over a career working with high-performing teams from across the globe, including seven years working with Formula One team McLaren, I've learned a lot about what it takes to drive results. In this weekly podcast series, I'm going to be bringing you tips, tricks, and insights from the world of Formula One that you can apply for your organization for your own high performance. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this first episode of this new segment, Helping You Perform. Now, rest assured, the Helping People Perform podcast will still maintain its regular weekly uh, introduction of some amazing guests, their stories and insights from how they help people perform and what they do. And this is a different segment where I'm going to bring myself to the fore and talk about the work that I do and specifically some of the tips, tricks and insights that I've taken over my career working with high performance teams and individuals. Now, a lot of those will center around the seven years that I spent working with Formula One team McLaren. I had an amazing time working with the, uh, that team and some amazing people on that journey. And I've learned a lot along the way about what works, what doesn't, and how those amazing lessons from a high performance elite motorsport world can be applied to different industries. So what I want to do in this series is to bring some of those lessons to you and to share them in a way that makes them relatable to you, but also makes them applicable to you as well. So give you the tips, tricks and insights that allow you to take those lessons and apply it to your own situation, be that for yourself or for your organization. So this first episode, I've entitled Three Leadership Lessons from F1. Now, these are some of the amazing insights that I've taken from the world of F1 that I think really hit home with people when it comes to this theme of leadership. So leadership is a different story to management. It took me a lot of time in my career to figure out that being a manager was not the same as being a leader. And being a leader requires a different skill set and a different approach. So I thought I'd share three key things that I learned from those McLaren days in terms of how you can be a better leader, not a better manager. Now, the first two examples come from the same story. So this story is one of um, time limited, uh, high pressure environment where picture the scene you are in the pit lane, you are a leader of a Formula One team. You've got a couple of minutes before your car needs to be out on the uh, on track. And at this point in time, that car isn't even started. And there's a problem with it. You don't know what that problem is. Now, your team of mechanics are currently working really, really hard to figure out what that is and solve the problem. And you've got a particular mechanic who's under the car right in the detail, trying to find out exactly what's happening, trying to fix that car so they can get it out into the pit lane. If you don't start a race, you can't finish a race. And if you don't finish a race, you can't win the race. So if the idea is to win that race or get as many points as you can, then the first thing you need to do is make sure that your car is on that start line. 
Now, in this particular situation, there were two really strong lessons that came out around leadership, because what was happening at this particular point in time is the leader of the uh, of the Formula One team at that point was standing in the pit lane with a uh, sponsor client. And that sponsor client was saying to them at that time, how are you doing this? How are you remaining so calm when there's so much pressure going on and there's something happening in, that is so critical to the success of your business? What are you doing? Why aren't you in there? If I was a manager in that situation, I'd be shouting at those people. I'd be trying to motivate them and get them to do their jobs quicker to make sure it happened. And there was an amazing bit of insight from the leader at this point. And they said, that's not my job. My job is twofold at the moment. One is to make sure that decisions are made at the po point of most knowledge. Now think about that for a second. Where are the decisions made in your organization? Are they made in the point of most knowledge or the po point of most experience or the point of most seniority? And I'll uh, we'll go back to this one in a second. But the second point was my job as a leader in that moment was to look for the eyes. And that's to identify future leaders. I can't really solve that problem right now. And I'm trusting my people to solve that problem. And if they can or if they can't, they're doing that their best. And I've set them up for success. I've given them the tools and techniques and the knowledge and the experience they need to be able to deal with situations like this. Now, hopefully they can solve that problem, but if they can't, it's a learning experience either way. But I wanna look for the eyes. And what I'm doing in that moment is, this is a high pressure, high tense, situation where my team is looking to each other for who's going to lead us who's going to pull us through this who's the actual leaders in this team of people and the great insight was look for where the eyes go if you can see in your team where are they looking to if they're looking to one individual no matter how senior they are no matter how experienced that is a leader in your team that team trusts them and they value their insights and opinions. So as a leader, you're looking for, where are my people looking? Who are they looking to for inspiration, for a drive for success, and for those insights and um, bits of information that actually help them solve a problem that's right in front of them. So those two key areas coming from that one situation, decisions need to be at the point of most knowledge and look for the eyes. And the third leadership lesson I just wanted to touch on in this uh, first episode as well was around how data can be used and particularly how can you use data to drive a culture. Now, if you're a leader, part of your role is to drive the culture, set the culture and drive your organization towards the culture that you want to drive. Now, what McLaren did particularly well was they used data to drive what was sometimes described as a culture of responsibility. Now, all too often in my career, I've looked back and gone, those meetings, those situations where maybe performance hasn't been at its best, maybe something's happened, maybe we didn't get the right uh, production of sausages out the day before, which is one of my early jobs. 
And what we'd be doing the following day is we'd be looking at the reports and looking at the data and, and saying, hmm, I wonder if we trust what's in front of us here. Was it really this volume that we produced or was it something else? Was this the amount of downtime associated with that problem or was it should it have been associated with a different problem? And a lot of the energy and time was spent arguing about what does the data actually mean? Do we trust that data? Do we think it's something that is of value and is actually guiding us towards where we should be going next? Now, what McLaren have done over the years is they've built a really data rich environment. That simulation environments where they can test cars in a virtual world, but as well as capturing data from the cars as well. Huge amount of data comes from the cars to tell you all sorts of wonderful bits of information and insights. One of those examples came from one of the drivers, which is if I'm driving into a corner and my drive, my acceleration should have been on a particular curve or my um, steering angle should have been at a particular angle and I've come out of that angle and I wasn't accelerating or, or braking at the right time or if my uh, steering angle was slightly off kilter, by the time I come out of that corner, the engineers who are seeing that data in front of them already know it. And the systems have been built up in such a way that that data is trusted. And therefore, there's nowhere to hide. And what that drives at that particular point is the drivers will then say, oh, it's my fault. I didn't do that quite correctly. What can we do to learn from it? How can we be better next time? So instead of hiding behind the data or maybe blaming it on somebody else and saying, no, 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 you thought I was uh, accelerating too late there. No, I was I was bang on time. I must be a problem with the car. The data is already there and the data is trusted enough to allow people to say, do you know what? Hands up. This was a problem on my uh, behalf. What can we do to learn from it and get better from here? So think about that in your organization. Not is your data accurate, that's a quite a, uh, an interesting one in its own right, but is your data trusted? If your data isn't trusted, there's no point in it being accurate. Quite a lot of clients that I've worked with say I'd rather have the data 80% accurate and fully trusted than 100% accurate and not trusted at all, or even 90% accurate. So it's like, how can we build that trust of data into what we have in front of us? Because if you don't trust the data, there'll be always be somewhere to hide and somewhere to argue. So in this series, I'm going to be sharing some stories some tips and tricks and insights from the world of F1 and from that high performing environment. So just like that. So those three leadership lessons, decisions at the point of most knowledge, look for the eyes and build a culture of responsibility through trusted data. So hopefully you can use the, those insights and say, right, where do I stand? Think about that for yourself as a leader. Am I leading in those moments of high stress and, and high pressure? Am I just jumping in and micromanaging? Am I looking for the eyes? Am I looking for that future of my organization? And am I making sure that the data isn't just accurate, but it's trusted by my people? So hopefully you can take some of those things Think about your situation and think about what steps you can take to progress yourself in those areas. So off the back of this, have a think about 
those particular lessons, see how they apply to you. And as always, as we go through this series, I'm going to offer my time to you for free. There'll be a, a link in the show notes. Go to my website, paulteasdale.co.uk. There's a link there for a virtual one-on-one 30-minute meeting with me where we can discuss your challenges that you're facing right now. And I'm happy to dive in, not to sell you anything, but to say, what value can I add to your situation right now? And if you want to find out more about what I do, go to paulteasdale.co.uk. Have a look at some of the, the stories and things that I've got there. If you've got any questions, please reach out. You find me most active on LinkedIn. And again, that link will be in the show notes. But reach out, let me know how this applies to you. And also have a think about what lessons you'd like me to be bringing from the world of Formula One to you the next time. So in episode two, I'm looking to bring a bit more insight in terms of why is F1 so applicable and so useful across any industry? How, how does it fit in? And what are the connections between the world of F1, which seems an elite superpower in some ways? Why is it applicable to my organization, no matter what that might be? So join me in the next episode and reach out at any point. Have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with me and we'll catch up and we'll talk about your, your issues and we'll talk about how I can help you perform. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Helping You Perform podcast. If you found value in this episode, please take a moment to like, share or review the podcast. You can reach out to me at any time, either through LinkedIn or through my website at www.paulteasdale.co.uk. I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode.